Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Hey guys, you're in for a treat. We have Lauren Singer on the podcast today, who is the person who literally put zero waste on the map. And what's so cool is this started with a post she wrote for Mind Body Green in 2014, where she shared how she didn't create trash for two years. And since that post went live, it's been read by millions of people, millions around the world. And Lauren went on to launch the Package Free Shop here in Brooklyn. It's been on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And the rest is zero waste history. So Lauren, welcome. Hey, thanks so much. That's it's great. I'm super always just so grateful for that post and for you guys taking a chance on me and and my story. Uh, it really launched everything. Well, we're so grateful for everything you've done, all the good work you're doing. And uh, when I think about you know the work you're doing and, and the world we were in in 2014 and the world we're in now in, in the, the storm of COVID-19, I'm curious. Like, let's start there. What does zero waste look like in a COVID-19 world currently? I mean, it's <laughs> it changes by the minute. I mean, I, I was just reading something that uh, talked about how New York City is halting its composting program, its municipal composting program. And, and so even these practices that I thought that I could participate in, even in uh, quarantine, are now being taken from me and I'm having to find new ways to practice my values. So it really changes. I, I am still trying to live in alignment with all the things that I've been doing before. I feel really lucky to have package free where I can get, you know, my essentials for, for beauty and cleaning and everything that I need as far as like food preparation and storage reusables without plastic. But uh, when this all started, I definitely shifted my values to stock up on food that came in packaging for the first time in eight years. So that was definitely a new a new and, and sad but important experience for me. So I remember you talked about that in social media and I, I felt for you because you, you lived your values and you worked so hard to live your values and the world shifted in a way where you need to survive. And so... I'm curious in living your values and something we, we talk about a lot and you talk about is plastic. And so like, if we're going to start there, like what does a plastic free lifestyle look like now? So to go back to that post, I mean, I've, I've had to be really uh, retrospective in the past few weeks. I mean, like everybody months now. Um, and, and I think about that a lot. Like, could I have prepared for COVID and quarantine without any waste and without any plastic? Actually, yes, I could have. Um, there were things that I could have done, like go out and buy all of my bulk ingredients and all of my products. Um, but I didn't, and I didn't because of, of fear um, and also because of responsibility and also because of past experiences. So so I was, I was scared that I, you know, wouldn't be able to have access to things and and have the quantities that I'd need from bulk uh, food. And I was, uh, you know, responsible and I am responsible for my whole team at Package Free. And, um, you know, going to the store and buying fresh produce is is risky. A lot of uh, news organs are saying that uh, infection is often coming from supermarkets. And, and that really scares me. And because I'm responsible for so many people, the thought of getting sick is terrifying. Um, 
And so I just wanted to be prepared. And because of a past experience that I had with Hurricane Sandy, where I wasn't prepared at all, I didn't have food, I didn't have water, there was no electricity. Um, you know, I just didn't want that to happen again. And so I made the choice to shift my values and, and buy food packaged in plastic and cans. And, um, you know, it, it was hard for me, but I don't regret it. Uh, because here we are, you know, five weeks into quarantine, and, and I'm you know, able to not have to go to the store to, and because I'm living off of the things that I have in my freezer and my pantry. So, so I'm grateful that I made the choice that I did. Well, you shouldn't regret it. It was the right decision. Uh, Thank you. you know, in, in New York, we just got news that this is going on for another month. So we're, we're not even <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, Lauren, with no food is, is no good to anyone. So, you know, on that note, I'll just stay on food for a moment before we segue mm -hmm. to, to fashion and minimalism and all that other fun stuff. Like, I'm curious, like, you know, what is in your pantry? What is in your fridge? What is in the, you know, the most popular uh, section of our kitchen that right now, the freezer? Yeah, the freezer is my best friend and my coffee is my best friend right now. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much coffee I actually went through. Um, so so that's been that's been really great. And I'm glad that I did stock up on coffee in the way that I did. Um, and also one of the small businesses that I support, one of the restaurants, they were, were selling coffee as a way to subsidize their future business. So I, I stocked up on that and I'm really glad that I did. Um, but my freezer is packed. It's packed with compost and it's packed with, uh, I actually had a lot of fruit and produce that was going to go bad. And so I cut it up and I put it in stainless steel containers in my freezer. So I'm able to have that to do things like make smoothies or I've been eating a lot of, um, a lot of quesadillas. <laughs> so, um, that's been good. And then I'm glad I stocked up on pantry staples like flour, um, and canned beans and canned vegetables. Um, I've been making things like tortillas and I'm actually going between, uh, staying at my home and, and staying with the person that I'm currently dating. And it's interesting. I, I eat so much more simply when I'm, when I'm on my own, but when I'm with him, um, you know, we do things like, you know, make baked goods from scratch and make tortillas and make pizza dough and fresh pasta and things like that. I'm curious, what, what's your coffee of choice? Which brand? I go between so many different ones. Right now, I really like Stumptown. Sure, sure. It's, it's great. And then I'm I'm currently drinking one from uh, a partnership that this restaurant, Auto Boy, that I love um, in Manhattan, that they had. Um, and it's strong and clean and like kind of bitter and awesome. Yeah, we uh, we, we we were fortunate enough to get an espresso machine before all this happened. And Amazing. We also fell in love. There's a brand called Groundworks out of LA. We know the owner. I love Groundworks. And, yeah. and what's cool mm -hmm. is we, Colleen and I met the owner and he's so mission driven and so cool. So mission driven. And we're mm -hmm. like, you know what? And they, it ships in tin cans and I'm just like, so we started and it's on Amazon. So we, we drink that. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned quesadillas. Like I have so many Siete quesadillas and Amy's Amazing. refried beans, like we are a quesadilla <laughs> fam family. And so, I love um, quesadillas. <laughs> They're so, so good. And so like, I'm curious, like in terms of the pantry, like on one hand, I think that people's pantries and kitchens are like more stocked than ever. And on the other hand, mm -hmm. my feeling is people have been embracing minimalism. 
yep. because they're stuck in their ho- their homes and saying like, do I really need this? Does this does this bring me joy? As Marie Kondo would say, <laughs> yeah, is this mm-hmm. the right choice? So like, what are your thoughts about like about minimalism with regards to sustainability and what you're seeing right now? It's it's so interesting because I'm someone who's really gone back and forth on the concept and the idea of minimalism. I don't think you have to be a minimalist to live a sustainable lifestyle. You can have things and you can love things and you don't have to have a, a sparse household. You can have a cluttered household full of things that you love um, and still live a sustainable lifestyle. Um, but I definitely think it's this is causing people to to really ask that question to your point of, of, is this important to me? Do I use this? Is this useful? Because we're in our spaces now more than ever, pulling things out, putting things away, having to move our offices into our living room like mine is right now. Um, and and I'm asking myself that question all the time, like, do I actually need this? And I think living a zero waste lifestyle for eight years has, has kind of pushed me into asking those questions. So everything that I do have that's a thing in my house is something that I do love and that I do value. But where I'm really... Uh, making shifts is through the situation, my closet, realizing that I've been wearing the same sweat suit for <laughs> for too many days that I that I prefer to disclose. Um, and, uh, you know, it's making me reevaluate what I am consuming when I'm, you know, looking at clothing and realizing that maybe I don't need as much as I do and that I can have social interactions and do things like interviews um, that are successful without needing to have a different outfit for every single one. Yeah, well, I think I think that's a huge shift as everyone is WFH, so to speak, working out of their apartment, yep. doing Zoom, where, you know, we are wearing clothes that are more comfortable. And with that being said, it, with with regards to sustainability, like how are you doing sustainability with regards to wardrobe? Well, I'm definitely <laughs> doing a lot less laundry um, <laughs> <laughs> because of just having, you know, I'm not wearing something comfortable at night and then an outfit during the day and then like an outfit to work out. Um, that's actually one thing I need to do more, which is start exercising more. That's That's been a tough transition because I'm so used to walking to get my exercise. And, um, you know, that's that's limited right now. And I can't go to yoga in the same way that I could. Um, but for my wardrobe, you know, I'm actually reevaluating and I'm doing little by little. Otherwise, I, I would go insane, um, like reevaluating the things that I have in my closet, asking myself, do I need this? Uh, does this make me feel you know, beautiful and happy and sexy and all of these things that that would require me to hold on to something because the clutter of my closet right now is actually really overwhelming. And I, I'm not one, I've had a minimalist wardrobe in the past, but I've, I've really enjoyed expressing myself through different styles of clothing and, and everything is secondhand and I've been reusing things that are in the waste stream. So, um, you know, but I do think it's time where I can rein it in a little bit and, and minimize my wardrobe. So, this has really shown me that I could still be myself, do exactly what I'm doing, you know, go about my work day without needing to be so focused on on the outfit that I'm wearing every single day. So I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. So hence the less laundry. But, um, you know, we just relaunched uh, the Simply Co at Package Free, which I'm really excited about because that was my first company. And actually the company that we talked about when we when we had the first article come out. What is that? Six years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I've been washing my clothing with that, which I feel really, really proud about. And so with regards to sustainability and wardrobe, 
you know, you mentioned like washing, you, you need things that last. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the knock on, I'm like, there are many knocks on like on fast fashion, but one of them is, you know, A, it's not sustainable, B, like clothes don't last. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, when you think about sustainability, I think a core value is, is something that, that does last. So like, how are you thinking about materials in this COVID-19 world where you don't want a lot of things in your closet, but you want things that are durable and last and don't require a lot of work, like what materials come to mind? So, so now more than ever, I'm thinking about what I have on my body because I'm sitting in the same clothes. I mean, I do that in the office anyway, right? Like you're sitting in the same clothes in meetings all day. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking about it like I'm sitting in the sweatshirt and these sweatpants all day and, and what are they made of and, uh, you know, how is that affecting my body and my health? And so when I made the decision to start reducing my waste and, and also moving away from plastic, I made the decision to stop wearing and purchasing synthetic clothing, which has been a really amazing experience because at the time when I started reducing my waste, I realized I was participating in fast fashion and subsidizing the oil and gas industry, which is one of the biggest global polluters and one of the biggest contributors to, to uh, climate change. So, you know, making the decision to have a closet that's full of natural, durable fabrics that when washed won't leach chemicals or um, microfibers into waterways in our oceans has been really important to me. So I, I focus on, you know, materials that are uh, regenerated easily that don't require a huge amount of water. So um, wool and linen are great ones for me. I focus on organic cotton. Uh, bamboo fiber is something that people are using more now. Things like silk, I, I try to stay away from silk actually because uh, it's it's hard to wash. So I try to to keep fabrics in my life that I can wear all season long, um, all all four seasons here in New York, and that are easy to maintain and take care of. So what's interesting? So organic cotton, bamboo, heard of that? Wool, I think, is interesting because it's been around forever, but for a lot of people not top of mind in terms of sustainability. Mm -hmm. So maybe like walk us through why it is a sustainable choice. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's it's a regenerated fiber. So um, it's not something where you have to create large amounts of deforestation for, which is great. You know, it's easy to clean. It lasts forever. It's a high endurance fiber. That's why you see like you know, sexy fishermen wearing their wool sweaters. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think of that. What's that movie? Maudie, uh, sure. the guy in Maudie that wears like the, the wool fisherman sweaters. Um, and it, I mean, it's been something that lasts forever. It's easy to mend. It's totally recyclable. Um, and it's just a multi-purpose material. So for me, actually, when I started the Simply Co, I was making wool dryer balls. Um, and I was using a mix of, of uh, you know, wool that I got from the Union Square Farmer's Market. But then I was also making the core of those dryer balls out of old sweaters that I was actually recycling myself and felting myself to make this other product that was super sustainable and natural and helps to cut down drying time when you wash your clothing and, um, you know, reduce static cling and, and save money and energy. So what are some of your favorite brands in terms of clothing made from natural fibers? I have such a hard time 
with this, I mean, truthfully, there are so many brands that are doing so much better, but I, I truly don't know a brand that checks every single one of my boxes. Um, I was on a call, was it yesterday, with Gabriella Hurst, who who actually won the International Woolmark Prize for, for her brand. And she's sourcing the materials for her clothing so sustainably, so traceably. Um, and I, I really love everything that she's doing. You know, of course, that the price point is a luxury price point. So it's not something that's accessible to a large demographic of people. But I, I absolutely love and value and, and, and honor the way that she is thinking about her business, driving her business and acting as a role model and inspiration for others large luxury fashion houses because if if she can do it it means other large uh, luxury fashion houses can as well so I hope that that becomes uh, you know a way that people do things and that it trickles down into into other companies even if it's in like you know little bits and pieces um, I love the idea of of circularity so we just did a, a talk on Instagram live with uh, four days and I, I like the idea of, of having something like a t-shirt which you wear and then especially a white t-shirt it gets disgusting and then people usually just throw it out because it has yellow armpit stains or whatever but they take it and they'll either you know dye it and clean it so that it can be resold in a different colorway or they'll they'll break it apart uh and make it into something new and i think that's an amazing 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 practice um but companies that are committed to 100 percent natural fibers are are companies that i really admire so what about in terms of, you know, the, the sexy fisherman you referenced who's wearing his wool? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you walk into any vintage store and you can find that sexy fisherman wool sweater. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like <laughs> a man with a fisherman sweater. There's something about it, especially right now with like, you know, all of the, the scraggliness. I, I, I go for that. It's like an L.L. Bean model. It's it's my favorite. L.L. Bean or, or Williamsburg. Yeah, L.L. Bean or Williamsburg. And so, that, that is my go-to demo. <laughs> <laughs> so also, like, you know, you talked about, we talked about minimalism and, you know, we're all stuck in our apartments and homes and mm-hmm. something else. I, I read something in the New York Post recently how, like, plants are coming back in a huge way. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and they profiled summer rain oaks who's got like a zillion yep. like she is not a plant she's not a minimalist when it comes to plants like her apartment <laughs> is 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 just stuffed with plants it's so cool yeah it's like a she museum. doesn't have walls she has plants she has plants so like what's your take on yeah. plants and how plants can make us feel good and how they're good for I, the environment and i think i have like 50 plants in my apartment um so i I totally empathize with that. I am someone that says, don't buy me birthday presents, buy me plants. So I have a plant for every man I've ever dated <laughs> and most friends that I've ever had. Um, so so it's really amazing. I have one that I'm looking at from like a relationship 10 years ago that I've kept alive. And for me, like they're a beautiful realization that like time is passing because I watch them grow. I watch them change. Um, and it reminds me to be focused on my surroundings and to like be present because if I'm not, then I forget about them and they die. So it's like this beautiful responsibility for something that um, is so self-sufficient in so many ways, but also completely reliant on me. And so I, I love them. And I, I, I think if people are looking for something to, 
to read, you know, The Secret Life of Plants is amazing. It basically talks about how plants know us and they can feel our intentions and they recognize, you know, when we go away or, you know, if we care about them. And and I, I find that to be really comforting. I, I hope that they have the ability to love me back as much as I love them. I love that. <laughs> um, but, you know, besides just house plants. Uh, you know, I, I'm really interested in in doing more growing for of consumables of of things that I can eat and use medicinally. So, um, you know, I've been sprouting a little bit. I have a balcony in my apartment, but it's basically this wind tunnel. So it's it's death for anything I try to grow out there. So I've been looking into doing some some indoor growing and setting up some window boxes because I get good light in my apartment. And now that I'm home all the time, I can really monitor the water. Um, but getting things like an Oya that can keep things hydrated. Um, I'm growing a little basil plant right now, but basil super fickle. So, uh, you know, I'm trying, but I think it gives it gives purpose growing things and cultivating things gives purpose and right now i think we can all use a little bit of purpose and i think we could all use a little bit of control um and and giving and providing life i think creates this sense of control that maybe a lot of us are lacking right now Mm -hmm. so in addition to plants and, and everyone can you know get a plant i think you know what are some of the the quick wins for someone listening who's like all right you know i'm stuck at home i've i've always wanted to you know live a bit more sustainably and now's the time even though it, it is a little bit more difficult in some regards and things you get access to like what are some of the easy things that sort of anyone can start to do to you know they can't get to zero waste but they can start to reduce their waste in a way that makes them feel good and gives them purpose I think it really depends on where you live. So if you're somewhere where you have a backyard, like start composting, that is one of the, I would say, personally, it's it's my favorite thing that somebody can do to reduce their contribution to global warming. Throwing food into a landfill releases methane, which is exponentially more powerful of a warming gas than carbon dioxide over the time frame that scientists estimate that the catastrophic effects of climate change will occur. So throwing food into a landfill is super bad. If you have a backyard, start a compost. It has a really amazing and like right now important positive impact. So that's one thing that I that I would suggest. Um, two is if you're using up products, instead of buying products that you've been using in the past packaged in plastic, you know, package free was created to be that solution to find the products that you use every day without any plastic packaging. I created the store that I needed when I was uh, reducing my waste so I didn't have to order from 400 different places or make things myself. But to that point, Now's the time to start learning how to make things yourself. Um, you know, if you if you can't go to the store, you can't, you know, grow things in your apartment or whatever, learning right now when we have a little bit of a surplus of time, even with like not having a commute for those of us who are at home. And I think it's important to recognize that there are still incredible heroes that are working right now to keep our world running is learning how to how to make your own some of your own things. So, um, you know, learning how to make lattes at home, learning how to make your own toothpaste, learning how to make laundry detergent or cleaning spray, learning how to bake bread like the whole world is doing right now, how to make tortillas, maybe try making your own condiments. Look at the things that you buy that come packaged in plastic that are really simple. Can you make them yourself? So fresh pasta is one of those things that I love making and it's so cheap. It saves you so much money and it's a beautiful practice, especially if you have children. Like I have so much respect for parents right now that are 
start having to work full-time jobs, uh, homeschool their kids and keep them occupied. So making pasta and having kids roll out pasta and play with pasta is great. Learning how to do things like make tortillas, baking are all really amazing tools that um, you know help to ki- keep you occupied, your children occupied, but are also tangible skills that you can take with you after we step away from quarantine. So I forgot, we actually have something we got from the package free shop, which we have one of your copper sponge. It's like a copper uh, sponge, if you will. Oh yeah, the scrubber. Yeah, but it's copper, it's more sustainable. And like, it's amazing Mm -hmm. because it's functional because you can get all that that dirt out when you're washing dishes Mm -hmm. and it's more sustainable. And it's like, it's a great, like, you know, we're all like spending time cooking at home now. It was like, you know what? That's actually an easy win. We have a bunch of those. So for what it's worth. Totally. (laughs) Never would have thought. Yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot, especially as we are, we're going into starting to manufacture our own products, you know, always prioritizing function over form is so important. And I think when you prioritize function, when you prioritize efficacy, um, and sustainability, the form is always beautiful because it's utility. Um, you know, I think the things that I have now that are both sustainable and super functional are like the sexiest things that I have in my home. Like I love looking at my dish brush every day. I love looking at my bamboo toothbrush. I love the color of natural soap, the color of my face oil. It's just exciting to know that I'm using things that are super effective, um, but also really sustainable. And, and that helps to like add perceived value. Well, at the end of the day, it could be the most sustainable product in the world. But if it doesn't work, you're going to throw it out. And then that's waste. 100%. (laughs) Anything can be trash, right? Like, really, a product can't be zero waste in like its full life cycle, (laughs) right? You can you can create a product, you can manufacture a product without sending any waste to landfill, but then you have this physical product, but any physical product can be trash if you throw it away. So you can help to eliminate the likelihood that it will be sent to landfill by making it out of a material that's durable and reusable and valuable if it's needing to be recycled. But but anything can be trashed. So as someone who's creating products, it's important to think about, you know, what is the end of life of this product and how can I increase its perceived value and like secondhand value as much as possible, but also make something that people can love and 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 want to have so badly that they'll keep it away from landfill as long as possible. So my last question is, you know, let's just say a year from now, I'm curious personally, you know, where do you want to be? And then zooming out, where do you want the conversation to be about sustainability in a hopefully a post COVID-19 world? I, so my, my goal since the first time I, I ever even talked with you guys is, is to create large scale, positive environmental change. And how can we do that in a changing world, in a world that looks like, you know, what it is today? My, my goal is to make sustainability and sustainable products as accessible as possible for people. So I hope a year from now we're, we're starting to create products and destigmatize or um, and break down the, the preconception that sustainability is only for a select group of people, that it's exclusionarily expensive. So, you know, with regards to sustainability, there's the myth that it's more expensive and in some ways, some ways it is. But in terms of wardrobe, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about all these materials. They're not more expensive. So like, could you like debunk the myth that to, to have a sustainable wardrobe, it needs to be more expensive? Yeah, it, there's 
there are tiers of every type of clothing. You have luxury fashion houses that are making clothing out of synthetic fibers, the same fibers that are being used to make, you know, 250 t-shirts at in fast fashion companies. And it's just like the brand that's really dictating the cost of something. And so for me, one of the best ways to save money, especially on something that's that's sustainable, is buying it secondhand. And something that's really amazing about natural fabrics is that they have a higher perceived value. It's like the utility is still the same, but the material dictates the value that it holds. So I think about this a lot with like a plastic fork versus a metal fork, right? When you eat a meal with a plastic fork, at the end of the meal, it's still a fork. It still holds its utility as a fork, but because it's made of plastic, we throw it away. And a fork made of metal, if we eat a meal, we we wash it, we reuse it, and we keep it for forever. And it's something that you see at flea markets, and it's valuable, and it's gorgeous, and it has all this sentiment and life in it. Um, but for some reason, synthetics don't hold that perceived value. Um, and so for, for clothing, if you saw a, a synthetic fiber piece of clothing, it's much more likely that you will get a lower return on that investment for that piece of clothing than you would for something natural. There's a higher clothing donation rate for for things that are made of natural fibers because they're just perceived to be better Hmm. because for for all intents and purposes, they are. Um, But I believe access to sustainable products, access to education, knowledge, and tools for sustainability is a basic human right. And so how can I use my voice, my platform, my team, um, our community to to make sustainability as accessible to as many people as possible? So, so that's what I wake up thinking about every single day. And I hope that all of the, the changes that we make in our company now and, and this collective, like, human-wide reevaluation of self and 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 time to slow down helps us collectively get there amen to that lauren thank you so much thank you for all that you thank do thank you and may we all come out on the other side very soon <laughs> amen <laughs>